0: In today's show, we're here to answer your questions live on YouTube. Michael Bolton.
1: Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it.
0: Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore and TikTok at RedRock underscore bbell on Instagram, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms and we're here live to do a mailbag show. And I'm joined by Roto World slash NBC Sports Edge, Edges, that, I should have put that a different way. NBC Sports Edge, Roto World's own, Zach Hanshu. Zach, welcome back to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, brother. How are you?
0: I am good, but apparently on the screen I'm frozen, which is always a huge L. So I'm gonna tr- see if I can get that to fix. I don't know if I can, because we're going live. And sometimes when I do that, the screen goes black. This could be a disaster of a show. There's tech issues all over the place. Oh, well, stuff happens, doesn't it, Zach? We're here to answer people's questions, and now my little tech to get people's questions to come onto the screen isn't working. So it's just one huge L all around. Um, how are you going? Everything good with you as I try and get stuff Everything's
1: fixed? Everything's great, man. Can't complain at all.
0: Awesome. All let right, right, I'm just going to try reading these questions before I get them on the screen because that's the only way I'm going to be able to do this. All right, Kai Spence. Let's see if you can answer this one, Zach. Who is the best stash for the playoffs if you are a top of the standings?
1: Oh man, uh, I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to uh, I feel like a broken record. I'm gonna continue to gravitate towards uh, Tari Eason, uh a guy that I think you and I both talked about preseason. Uh, a guy that I think is is plenty deserving of more minutes uh, in Houston's rotation. And a guy that I think gets those minutes, um, you know, after the All Star break and when teams are starting to gear up for the fantasy playoffs, so I think he's going to see a lot more run to close out the season. And I think that two way play is really going to help out fantasy managers.
0: Yeah, he's really the major one there to me because you you would uh, you would think at some point that Eric Gordon's not going to stick around, right? It's really hard yeah. to suggest that, but you know, we've said that for three years. We say the same thing for Miles Turner. We say the same thing for John Collins, right? So who knows? Who knows what the Rockets are doing there? But honestly, the impact on court from Eason is, is pretty clear, but it's just frustrating that it's not turning into more minutes. But the only real way to stash Eason, I think you have to be at the top. You can't be sixth or seventh because you can't deal with 18 minutes a night for the next two months or you wait for maybe something to happen. Um, yeah, how How far down the standings would you have to reach to consider that a
1: worthwhile gamble? Yeah. I mean, I think you're exactly right, man. You really have to be in good standing. Uh, I mean, and any of these guys that you're quote unquote stashing for the playoffs, they're luxury stashes. I mean, if you're at top one, two, maybe three seed, um, but otherwise there's just been too many injuries and too many uncertainties this season to really have the, to have the luxury of stashing anybody. Most people are kind of fighting for their lives right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Appad Trend says: Is there any hope that Scotty Barnes could at least hold top one hundred value rest of season?
1: Yeah, I I think that's a honestly I think that's a pretty low bar. I mean, that's that's really surprising that that people are going there right now. But yeah, top one hundred is kind of that low bar for him. He's uh, you know if I'm looking at the rankings now, he's one twenty five. Um, so yeah, he doesn't need. Uh, major improvements to get up to the top 100 field goal percentage can absolutely come up from 44 percent uh free throw percentage at 75 probably not going to come up too much um, the assists are great the points can come up a little bit if that efficiency starts to trend up uh, so yeah he can absolutely get there and i think the defensive numbers i mean can he get to one steal in one block a game i i think the potential is definitely there so top 100 is not out of reach for him
0: no, I don't think it's anywhere close to it. And I'm pretty sure if you punt turnovers, he's like eighty-fifth. So he's already there, right. like top. But the the reason I want to highlight this question is if people are feeling that that is the ceiling of where he can get to, it means he's a gigantic buy low, right? Because I yeah, absolutely. I I am, I am pretty clearly not a big Scotty Barnes believer as much as others, but. To me, like saying, oh, I'm not even sure if he's going to be top 100 means that you can go get him for really, really cheap value. I'm pretty confident he's going to be better. Like, he can't be worse than what he is. Like, what he shoot 10% for two points yesterday? It's not going to be worse. It just isn't. Like, I'm telling you now. So this is a huge, huge buy-low opportunity if people are that out on Barnes. It's funny when, like, you have a valuation of a player and you, you're like, oh, well, I'm way lower than this guy. I'm way lower than this guy. And then something happens and he plays poorly. And then you become the guy who ends up higher than him, than everyone else. Everyone's going, like, man, I'm so out on this guy. He's trash. He's going, but you go far out. Like, it swings, and it swings both ways. Or you can be low on, um, you can be really high on someone. And then everyone starts to love him. And then you end up at a situation where you have to temper expectations, which I felt like is what happened with Shen for me this season, Zach. It's a, It's a weird situation when you're sort of stuck in the middle there and people are just vacillating all around. All right. What do you do here? Yeah. Uh, Jordy Guti would you drop Ben Matherin in a regular league eight category
1: yeah um it's funny I got some I got some shit on Twitter for this uh week or week and a half ago um I put up a list of guys that I would consider dropping and, and Matherin was one of them um I'm actually I don't know if it's visible in the shot here but I'm wearing a NBA jam shirt with Hal Burton and Matherin on it right now um, I, I love both guys. I love the Pacers this season and I love what Mathurin's doing as a rookie, right? I mean, he's just, he's got the, the green light. He's got the tenacity to just shoot that ball. Um, and, and if you look at first half box scores or just watch the game, I mean, he's always the one that's, it, I feel like he's the leading scorer at halftime in most of the Pacers games. Um, But for fantasy purposes, no, he's not really giving you a a very well-rounded stat set, and he's not necessarily a guy that I want to have in a categories league. Uh, He's a guy I'd love to have in a points league, but I I don't think he's necessarily a must-hold in a categories league.
0: No, he's not, because his game, and this is how it translated out of college as well, it's not that particularly category league fantasy-friendly at this point. There's no assists, no no steals, no blocks. Uh, Field goal percentage goes up and down. The rebounds aren't particularly strong. And now he's actually seeing some competition from Andrew Nembhardt, who's playing more minutes than him every single night. And Now Chris sure. is back in the mix. So yeah, I I think he'll get better. I'm pretty confident. And the skill and the free throw foul drawing ability is uncommon in a rookie. We've got two rookies who do it this season in Bunkero and Mathur, and We don't really see that ever from rookies. And, and that's really huge. But he just does nothing in any other area. And rookies might turn it around in January or February, but... I don't expect him to all of a sudden become a four assist player with 1.5 steals and to be hitting 50% of his shots and grabbing seven rebounds. I just don't think any of that stuff is realistic. And you're already seeing minutes start to compress a little bit there for him. So I've got no problem with dropping him because Zach, when you look at him, like what is absolute best case for him this season? Do you think like maybe he's the hundredth best player, best case?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's probably his ceiling this season. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, he, he's got a lot of work to do and a lot of a lot of things to add to his game to make him fantasy friendly for a categories league. So yeah, top 100 is the ceiling. And if that's your ceiling, then that that's absolutely not a muscle guy.
0: Now. It's time for me to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by NHTSA. I know my face isn't on the screen, but we're going live. I don't have time to stop that. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. If you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell. Your co-workers can tell. Your parents can tell. So everyone can tell what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high. Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not because the bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI paid for by the NHTSA. Back to questions. Zach, as we try and deal with tech issues and I don't think it's gonna improve, but that is fine. Um, is a question that I do like. is not given us context, but when you give no context, we are all going to wish him 12 team, nine category leagues. Fantasy hoops. Noob says, did you drop one of these guys, Walker Kessler, bowl, bowl, or Josh Hart?
1: Uh, geez. I, I hate to give up on bowl right now, but that's kind of where I'm leading. It's not going to, for me, it's not Kessler. I'm, I'm keeping Kessler out of that group just because the block upside is too, too great for me. Uh, I know Hart has been kind of a top 100 guy, but I think if we're just looking at purely upside, the guys are all kind of right in that same range for rebounds. I, I think I, it's hard for me, uh, but it's close between him and Ball. Kessler is absolutely the guy that I'm keeping.
0: I agree that Hart has limited upside and that best case scenario, Ball would be better than him. I, I think we can move Kessler out of that list. Like he's pretty clearly a hold to me, but yeah. best case scenario for Ball requires probably one or two more injuries on this Magic team, and they're probably going to go the other direction with Carter and Suggs and Harris getting healthy. And maybe John Isaac. Who knows? I'm not counting even him in that, but he's got to come back. And we're seeing Bowl, the limitations of his on-court play lead to him playing 22 minutes a night, 23 minutes a night, because his defense is really poor. And we're seeing some of the offensive stuff drop off a little bit for him as well. And it's really going south in a hurry as teams sort of figure him out and really attack him defensively. And it's just, it's not working. And... Yeah, for him to get back to playing 30 minutes a night, it's going to require multiple people to be injured on top of the four rotation players who are currently out. And that seems like a tough bet to make. So to me, it's him, even though the upside for him is much clearly higher than what Josh Hart is. It's going to take a few situations that probably aren't realistic. And, you know, we need injuries. Like one of the guys who might get injured is Ball. Like we can't rule that out if we're waiting for multiple injuries on Orlando for it to happen. So to me, it's him. Um, But I I get the idea about... um, about Josh Hart having that lower upside. All right, now, this is an interesting question, mainly just because I wanted to segue it into something, but Nathaniel Correa says, is it time to trade Trey Young in a 14-team points league? Now, I'll start this by saying, what does it mean? Like, What do we mean, is it time to trade? Like, Often when people ask that question, Zach, I find it's because someone's struggling a little bit, and they say, oh, I've got to get rid of this guy, which is literally the worst time to trade somebody. Trey did have a better game last time out, so maybe you're asking from that perspective, but he still hasn't hit anywhere near the value or the upside that we thought he had this season. So, after one good game, no one is giving you a top 12 player back for Trey Young in a trade, I wouldn't have thought. And that's almost definitely what you had to expend at the draft to get him onto your team. So I would say no, like I I don't see the point of trading Trey Young at this point. It's not like he can't continue to, look, what he did yesterday was good. It's not like he can't continue to do that though. Like it's not an outrageous situation where he shot 80% and had 15 steals or something. Like, Trey Young could do that for multiple weeks in a row. So I would say, no, it is not the time to trade Trey Young. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I, for the exact same reason that you mentioned, when a guy is struggling like this, you're not going to get fair return on him. It's not a good time to trade for him. Um, or it's not a good time to trade him away. I should say it is a good time. I think he's a good buy low because I don't think the, the, awful shooting percentages are gonna hold for the rest of the season. I mean, he's he can clearly go up from what is he at twenty nine and a half percent from three, something was something really along long. those lines. Yeah, it's it's terrible. So he can clearly improve there. The points, the assists are great. It's the efficiency that's really killing you right now. Uh, so I think he's a guy to buy right now, not necessarily a guy to sell because you're not getting anything good in return.
0: Uh, absolutely. Like it's yeah. People like will ask this all the time. I can't with this guy. Should I trade him away? Like that is absolutely the worst time to do it. Like you sometimes yeah. the hardest things to do a are, 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 are sell highs when someone is like playing at the best of their ability and then you go well now it's time for me to trade them away. Like, oh, but I can't look how good they're doing. And you know you're going to copy a little hit in the interim, or you know selling someone at the worst value is like it's just the opposite of good fantasy play, so yep. what other questions are a good one here for us um all right what's your wanna hear your opinion on Al Horford because I get questions about him every day oh, should I drop al Horford should I drop al horford i i and yeah, I get it's almost the same thing with Larry Nance. Man, why do you say Larry Nance is must roster? Because the bloke's been top one hundred all season. Al Horford's been top one hundred all season as well. Um, people are worried a bit, Zach, about Horford and maybe Rob Williams reducing his output. I, for one, am absolutely not worried whatsoever. I want to hear your take on Horford. Um, are you getting these questions as well? And while you answer that, I'm going to go and try leave my chair because you can't even you can't even see it. But I'm going to go and try fix this video. Um, Al Horford, let's go.
1: Josh, I actually can see you by the way, man. Um, yeah, I, you're you're moving. I can see your hand on the mouse right now. I can see this shocked look on your huh. face that the tech issues are resolved. Um,
0: well, I don't know what's going on there, there, because on the actual, you can see me, but the people can't see me. So that is intriguing. Uh, okay. I don't know what's going on there. I'm just gonna, I'll keep playing around with that because yeah, on the stream, it's not coming through. All right. Anyway, I'm gonna go and try and fix that. But you answer the Al Horford question, and I'll be back.
1: Sure. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't think I'm in too much disagreement here on Al Horford. Um, I do get questions about guys like him. Uh, Nance is a guy that I've promoted multiple times in our uh, NBC pickups of the day article. Um, he's a steady contributor, just like Al Horford. Uh, these guys are not guys that are going to get you a ton of points. They're not guys that are going to flash, you know, a, a ton of amazing highlights. Uh, They're they're just guys that are going to go out and play solid minutes and get you across the board production and not really hurt you uh, significantly in more than maybe one or two categories while giving you pretty, pretty decent contributions, uh, you know, across the board. Uh, Al Horford and Rob Williams coexisted pretty darn well last year. So uh, no concern for me there as well. Uh, Horford right now is a almost a top 60 guy. Uh, And Nance is uh, not too far behind. Uh, So, yeah, absolutely, Al Horford is not a guy to drop. Uh, He's not a guy to uh, be trading because people's opinions of him are, uh, as you mentioned, so absolutely in the toilet. Uh, I just I I really can't can't wrap my head around it other than the fact that he's not scoring. He's not a flashy guy.
0: Yeah, that's that's it that's and i'm back hello everyone welcome good to see my face again i'm back still can't get the chat box going up so that's one tech issue that i've still got to work on but i'm back on screen but yeah the horford stuff is consistent so that always just means that if someone does have a al horford you can get him at a a cheaper price because people Mm -hmm. aren't valuing anything that he's doing um all right let's okay he's a spirit asks sadiq bay and herb jones are they droppable in 14-team
1: leagues? Uh, yeah, that's a t- – in a 14-team league, um, oh, man. I'm almost just wondering who you're going to get that's that's going to be better. I, I love the upside of both, but at this point, yeah, I, I would say at this point you do – they're droppable. I, I mean, what, what are they both ranked outside the top – 125 130 i don't even think oh, bay be. is even close to that right yeah. now yeah um so yeah i, I think they're droppable um it, it pains me to say it but yeah you can get much better streamers and just use those spots as, as streaming options for you know flavor of the week guys yeah
0: bay's not even a top 200 guy he's all right, right around okay. two, 200. um i think i think those guys are in different classes to me and what you mentioned there is a really key point. And the phrasing and the terms that we use, sometimes we do have to do better as fantasy analysts with it as well. So are they droppable? Like, Absolutely, 100%. If you need to make a decision to drop, let, let's say, because I think Sadiq Bey, I don't think he's good. He's coming off the bench for a Pistons team that's the worst in the league. He's playing 19, 20 minutes a game. Like, That's not useful. Herb Jones is a different story. Is he droppable? If there's someone that appears on your waiver wire and Herb Jones is your worst player, which is definitely a possibility even in a 14 team league, then yeah, of course he is droppable. But if you're dropping him to say, hey, maybe I try Austin Rivers out, like, because I don't think that's got any long term staying power, then maybe he's not a droppable guy. But he, droppable to me is the opposite of like the artificial lists that ESPN and Yahoo put out there, the can't cut lists, right? So if someone is droppable, that means right. that, yeah, like, you can consider it. If that situation arises, if some idiot in a 14 team league drops Al Horford, then yes, Herb Jones, like piss him straight off. Like I have nothing to do with him. Like get rid of him. See you later. Bye, Herb. It's been great. Well, it's actually, it hasn't been good. It's been terrible. But I'll see you later and I'll pick up Al Horford. But if I'm dropping him to try a stream on Frank Kaminsky because he played 18 minutes in one game last week, then no, that is not a droppable situation. But. He's definitely someone that's in that list of guys where you go, okay, well, if something's happening, and I need to make a two-for-one trade or I need to activate somebody, and he's my worst player. Then of course, yeah, like he's really at this point just a steal specialist. And I mentioned this the other day on my show, Zach. Not everyone would have seen it or heard it, but talking about Herb Jones, like we just saw last season that he came into New Orleans and Fred Vinson was the coach, and his shooting was fixed. Yeah, but it's not like he is. His shooting is horrible this season. Like he's shooting what thirty? Yeah. Let's have a look. He is uh, 30% on threes. Okay. That's a guy who is apparently fixed from three. Like he's at 30%. His free throws have dropped from 84 down to 75. 75 is not horrible, but you go from a solid positive into a solid negative in that category. And he's hitting 44% overall from the field, which again, when that was one of the things that was keeping you as a strong option last season, hey, look, the percentages are good. Hitting some threes, getting some steals and none of that stuff's happening. Then Then what are you bringing us? Like, Not very much at all. And now that my uh, camera is fixed, I'm able to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college basketball season, uh, college bowls, um, NBA, it's all there at betonline.net. So if we look at week 16 in the NFL, Zach, your NFL team is... I root for the Houston Texans. Oh, well, that's unfortunate for you because they have a a game where they are almost destined to lose for sure. Who are they? I don't even know who they're playing, but I know they're going to lose. Are they against the top? Maybe not. They're against the Titans with no Ryan Tannehill, it looks like, but the Titans are... Three-point favorites, the Battle of the Oilers, as the Titans have that on Christmas Eve 1 p.m. game. If you want to check that out or all of Week week 16's action, including Christmas Day with my Miami Dolphins against the Green Bay Packers, it's all over at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's go back and look at more questions. If Tech is so good when it doesn't work. I love it. It's the best. Like, just for no reason. Just this thing telling me, wait, wait. What am I waiting for, mate? Put the questions up on the screen. Anyway, I know he can't hear me because it's only your program. Would you trade DeAnthony... Here's a good... I like this question. Luca Caruso. Thank you for this good question. Would you trade DeAnthony Melton for Josh Hart? Now, this is that epitome of what we talk about, Zach, where you are losing a lot, right, in a trade of Hart for Melton. Like... Melton has been like top 30 for the last 2 weeks. Um, you are you are potentially losing a what a lot for a few weeks. But Melton could go from top 30 to 160th really quickly if when Tyrese Maxey returns and we don't know when Tyrese Maxey is going to return. Woj keeps telling us Sunday, Shams tells us Sunday, Glenn Rivers MD keeps telling us he's weeks away. So I'll believe the guys who aren't the coach of the team over the guy that lies continually about injuries, but you you might lose out on value for three weeks, really, really easily, but where it's not just about that. It's about okay. In the end, Melton might become a dropable player, and you might get a solid top ninety guy in Josh Hart. I'm not that excited about Hart, but the general process about that trade is interesting to me.
1: Yeah, the general process is is absolutely, you know, as you mentioned, you're trading safety for upside, and I, I really think that just depends on. I think it depends on your standing within your league. And I think it depends on the type of fantasy player you are. Um, I know through discussions that I've had with other fantasy managers and other analysts and conversations with you, um, I'm more of a swing for the fences type of guy and take risks. Um, But, you know, there's obviously some guys that subscribe to, Hey, I'm going to be as, uh, you know, safe and, and go for those high floor guys rather than those high upside guys um, and just slow and steady, make my way through the season and, you know, get those top 80, top 90, top 100 guys and just kind of stack them up and, uh, you know, pile up some wins. So I, I think it's all dependent. I don't think there's one uh, one size fit all answer for this.
0: I think that is a great way to to approach it. That is absolutely true. Now, on Maxi, who do you believe, Doc Rivers or Woj?
1: Ooh, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm inclined to believe Woj because the coach I, I, obviously only is, one of those, only, I, I, only one of those
0: two is a real doctor though, of course.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah, I'm inclined to believe Woj on this one.
0: Yeah, I am too. Um, all right. Here's an interesting question. I think they're all pretty interesting. Lots of questions today. They've been great. Um, now, I've lost it. Can't decide who to drop from Bleed Blue. Can't just decide who to drop between Conley and PJ Washington. I've been at this all week. Both guys are shooting. I have never seen like shooting percentages this low since I watched Scotty Barnes yesterday. But they have been shooting horribly. Um, to me, I just think what Conley provides, he's got a clear strength, Zach. Give me assists. Like six or seven of them. I can't replace that. I, what, what does PJ do? What's he doing that's good? he's got an opportunity, he's got minutes, so does Connolly. What is PJ Washington doing that's good that I want to hold him? Uh, to me, it's him between him and Connolly, but yeah, you know, a different opinion would be interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I think the assists for Connolly are something that, as you mentioned, they're they're pretty valuable. You're not going to find that type of uh, you know production on the waiver wire. Uh, the Yeah, the percentages are terrible. With PJ Washington, uh, he's a guy that I had tagged as potentially, you know, pretty steady top 90 guy yeah, in the same. preseason and it just hasn't happened. Right. I mean, we, we expected him to take a step forward with threes. We expected him to take four, a step forward with the efficiency, uh, maybe with the defensive numbers. I mean, he's getting you a block a game, nearly a steal a game, but uh, you know, not what we were thinking. We were hoping for a little bit more from him. Um, so I think at the end of the day, you're going to hang on to Mike Connolly. Uh even though it's really tough, I mean, because you really do love the upside of PJ. And we've seen him go off for some big scoring games, some big block Mm -hmm. games. But um, again, this is another one of those, um, you know, I guess safety versus swing for the fences, right? Because PJ's upside, I think, is much higher. And Connolly is a shutdown risk uh, at the end of the season for the Utah Jazz, just because he doesn't fit with, you know, with the young build.
0: Here's two quick questions before another question that I have. This is from Gabriel Russell. What's your thoughts on Mo Wagner's value going forward? To me, really clear, Wendell Carter comes back and he loses that. Like, he will be their backup center, but 18 minutes a night of Mo Wagner is not enough. Do you think he could maintain value,
1: Zach? No. Once Carter's back, uh, you give him, I, I think you hold Wagner for two games max uh, just to make sure that, uh, you know, Wendell Carter doesn't get re-injured and then he's a drop.
0: Exactly. When you see um, Mo play 18 minutes and Wendell play 31 for a couple of games in a row, then see you later. To Mo Wagner. S asks, do you think Bruce Brown makes it to the end of the season maintaining top 100? How bad is Michael Porter Jr.'s injury concern? I'll just put this question in just to mention there is an update on Michael Porter Jr. and Michael Porter Jr. said, yes, I am playing tomorrow. So that's how bad Michael Porter Jr.'s injury is. He is returning tomorrow. I think Brown still has a chance at top 100 because as I've said many times on the show, despite Mark Jackson's insistence that Bruce Brown is exclusively a power forward, he will replace Murray or KCP or Gordon or Porter. Any one of those guys gets injured, it's Bruce Brown who steps in. So you've got a pretty good chance of him starting another 30, 40 games this season. Top 100 might be a bit high of a bar, but I want to hear your thought on that.
1: Yeah, I think Bruce Brown uh, definitely has a chance to get to top 100. Uh, we saw him do this with Brooklyn last year, and mm-hmm. it's just like you mentioned—he's not just a replacement at forward. He can step in at point guard. Uh, if if I remember correctly, he he had a triple double earlier this season. Probably did. Um, I, yeah, uh, so he can get you assists. He can get you rebounds. He can score. He can you know he can do work on defense. Uh, and if you have a guy that can do all of those things, even if his minutes take a step back from you know the 30 that he's averaged so far this season. Um, uh, you know, even just 80 75 to 80% of that production will get you close to that top 100 value.
0: Here's a question from me. Who do you think the first player to be traded is?
1: Oh, man. Cuz I don't know if you believe those uh if you believe that Chris Haynes report, then it might be Trey Young.
0: I believe no reports from anybody. That's not true. I Haynes and yeah. Haynes and Woj and Shams, I do believe their stuff, but there's different wordings in the way that they put stuff out. If they say these teams are closing in on a trade, it is happening. Right, that is the one you want to watch. If they say, "Hmm, there's speculation that this player might request a trade, or that interest has been had, or discussions have been had," you go, "Ah, good for you." Like that doesn't mean anything, right? That's remember how many times has that happened already this season of of discussions of players and like all this sort of stuff. Like teams have discussions all the time. The discussion might be, "Hey, you wanna you wanna trade me Jokic?" No, okay, I'll see you later. Denver had discussions on a trade about Nikola Jokic. Yeah, the discussion was go fuck yourself. That was the discussion. And that doesn't always get reported because there's always agendas and agents and teams and all this sort of stuff trying to create instability and chaos and all this sort of stuff. So yes, everything lines up with Trey Young because that organization's been run poorly. The coach is poor. The situation is weird. I get that. But this is not saying they're even remotely close to a trade. Um, I'm not to say this against nothing about you saying that he's an option for a trade. It's more just how we read NBA news and stuff like that because the wording of this stuff is really, really important. And it's also like just the people um, who get fired up about you know, December 15. Oh, man, I'm not holding December 15. All the trades are going to happen. Well, yeah, obviously nothing's happened and we're probably not going to get anything happen at all in December would be my guess. So Trey Young is your guess. I'm, I'm sure that's not a serious guess, is it, Zach? You don't think Trae Young's getting dealt? Imagine Trey Young gets dealt in season. Jesus Christ
1: no no I, i'm being cheeky on that one just because they gave up so much to bring in murray i mean so i i don't see them doing t- two monster trades like that uh if i had to have a serious guess uh i'm gonna go with zach Levine here just because we heard so much chirping uh obviously he just signed that big deal in the offseason, but we heard so much chirping about his unhappiness with the franchise uh you know they win a game or two and then all of a sudden it's sunshine and roses between him and DeRozan um but I, I just don't see that that is um i, I just don't see him staying there long term uh, i i think he'll be the first one that gets traded i think that'll be the blockbuster deal of the year
0: interesting stuff with levine remember you, maybe you don't because it's sort of gone under the radar before levine signed his ridiculous five-year max contract um there was these rumors like levine is going to take meetings with other teams he's not particularly happy in chicago Okay, wow! What's going on here? Is he is he actually going to return? Is he going to go somewhere else? And then it sort of just all got swept under the rug, and he just signed that mm-hmm. big deal. And that that was there was a situation back in June where we're legit, legitimately thinking that he wasn't going to re-sign. Which probably would have been better for the Bulls, to be honest. And yeah, so that, that that'll be it'll be interesting to see whether he's on because it doesn't it, it doesn't look great. All these reports aren't great he's not worth that. The problem is like, how do you match that deal? Like he's getting paid $37 million this season. And then it's like, he's got 200 plus for the next four years after that. And he's not worth it. And his knees aren't great. Like, how do you match that salary? That's going to be tough. I'm going to go much lower level. I think it's probably going to be someone like, Hmm. I think it's going to be like uh, Cameron Reddish is, is the guy to me that I think is more likely to move as the first guy. Like you, it's when was the last time I'm trying to think? When was the last time we had like a blockbuster all star level player get traded in season? There's got to be one. I right? when was the last one?
1: Hmm.
0: Blake Griffin. Man, is it that far back? I don't know. I'm trying to think when when it was. Like Tobias Harris was never has never been an all star, but he was traded um in season around like started January. Demarcus Cousins, but that was before Griffin. Hmm. Guys wow. in the in the chat, what was the last all-star level player to be traded in season?
1: Maybe Harden?
0: Oh yeah. No, actually obviously last season Harden for Simmons. Yeah. There was a that was a bit of a different situation. No, it is, it's definitely it's obviously Harden. Um, um but that's a little it feels that feels different to Levine because it feels like it the, does. It just feels like yeah, you know, he's like, I don't want to be here, and they went, Fine, we don't want you here either, see you later. It just doesn't feel the You're same. Right. It just doesn't feel the same. Um and then uh, someone said Sabonis. Yeah, but that was... Harden was... Oh, yeah. Harden. yeah. Jesus, we had two of them last season. Jesus Christ. Um, all right. That's interesting stuff. Um, all right. But, uh, we've gone over 30 minutes. We're going to do one more question so people can see my face full on because I'm sure that's so important to everybody. Let's do one more question. I've got to pick a good one. I know I can't get it on the screen. Um, all right. Muhammad Albana. Now, this doesn't... You're asking a question about a points lead. This doesn't have to be a points lead question, but... What do you all think about Carl anthony Towns? Is he worth trading for Drew Holiday in a points league with his current status? I'm guessing you mean acquiring Towns, which, again, digs into some of this stuff. Like, we're hearing Chris Finch say, well, it's still multiple weeks away. But to me, Zach, everything with any trade, really, or any sort of move you do in fantasy, there's so much context around it. Because if you're sitting first, and you've got the ability to trade Drew Holiday, like say the 30th or 40th best player. For Towns, you might be the 15th best player, knowing you're going to lose value for three weeks, but you can sustain that and then grab yourself a second rounder at worst player when he returns. You do that. But if you're eighth and you need production now, then there's no way you do it. That's how I view that.
1: I'll be honest with you. I don't think in any situation um, that I'm trying to trade. If I have Drew Holiday, that I'm trying to trade him for Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I I have some concerns for Minnesota. I think they're 16 and 16 right now. And if they, let's just say they go on a massive losing streak here over the next few weeks, what's the rush to bring Towns back? I know they went all in with Gobert, but I mean, what's the rush to bring Towns back this season if you could get him fully healthy for next season and maybe make another uh, you know, m- another run at it after you've had Gobert integrated for a full season? So I worry about that uh, for sure. And then I worry about Towns because he started the season off providing really crappy value, and maybe we see some more of that when he comes back and shakes off some of the rust of being out for so long, and then you're stuck for more than the three weeks, and he's really terrible for you, Drew Holiday is continuing to ball out. Uh, So I think I'm holding Drew no matter what. Interesting.
0: Um, Okay, here's my argument to that part of it with Towns, because I get what you're saying. They don't have their first-round pick, so they can't tank for a first-round pick, right? They they don't have that. That's gone. Um, They actually don't have their second-round pick either this season, so that they lose that one too. That's going to Memphis. I'm just looking this up now. But I would think that they would want as many opportunities to – get the Towns, Hmm. Gobert, Edwards, Triumvirate working. So while theoretically, let's get him back, let's get him off season, let's get him back next season. Like it's very hard to make decisions on what do we do? Do we try and trade Towns to recoup value here? Um, Do we have to move a bunch of stuff? What other players do we need to get in when you've seen them for like 12 games together? Like that's really hard to make that assessment. Again, I could see it lean a bit more that way if they did have their draft picks. Okay, well, this season's been a disaster. I don't want to push anything with Towns. Let's get another top 10 pick, top eight pick in here. Let's really push it down and go from there. But they can't do that. So I think there's too many factors that would suggest that when he's healthy, he's back out there unless there's a setback, of course, which we can't control or know. So I I tend to think the opposite, but hey, it'll be really interesting to see what they end up doing. And Zach, despite our technological difficulties here, it was really interesting to have you on the show and discussing as my camera's frozen once again, which is just sick. I love it. Um, Zach, awesome to have you here. Uh, Tell people what you're doing, what content you're doing at Roto World and where people can find you on social media.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me man it's always a pleasure uh you can find me on twitter at zach the monster and uh nba team over at nbc is just continuing to put out uh player notes and news and we're doing pickup of the day articles um and i do a weekly live stream every tuesday uh over on the nbc youtube channel and twitch so make sure you check that out as well
0: go and check zach out there go check him on social media you can see the handle there zach the monster his camera is not frozen it's just mine go check that out Zach, thank you once again for coming on. Thanks, brother. Always a pleasure. Guys, don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And while you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave those comments below. Sorry about the freezing of my face, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.